are back with new energy and new tings and oh wait announcement drum roll air horn please we are bringing the heat in real life to Atlanta this Juneteenth weekend June 18th and 19th we present the glow up y'all unbothered is turning five this year and we're doing it up with our first ever live event okay we're gonna have performances by some of the hottest talent programming of all of your fave franchises all types of indoor outdoor fun marketplace food court and a live taping of your favorite podcast go off sis with your favorite crew dust off your skates because we will also have a ring for you to show your moves or not that's okay you can hold the wall i will be too all right so get your tickets now and stay tuned for surprises and all of our announcements at unbothered.live okay that's unbothered.live cannot wait to see y'all there All right. You thought you got rid of us, but it's forever, forever, ever. Welcome back to part two of this season because we just had a lot more to say. All right. We are glad to be back here with you. I'm glad to be back here with my crew. And we're glad that you're back with us because we'll be in your ear talking that talk about all the things we care about today and some of the things that we don't anymore. All right. So we're grabbing the megaphone and sharing our opinions that maybe just shouldn't be so unpopular. You know the ones I'm talking about. Those, I don't want to sound ridiculous, but or those, well, y'all might come for me questions that blow up the group chat. Yes, those, those, that's what we're on this spring. All right. We are redefining what's likable, who gets to tell us what work is and why everyone still doesn't get that we said what we said. And I'm late because I don't want to be here, sir. Okay. What are those off the record thoughts that should be on the mic? Well, Get them together because we're about to get into it. And stay tuned for an amazing, filling, blooming conversation with the one and only Angelica Ross. Y'all, you're going to get your life. So allow me to reintroduce myself. I am Chelsea Sanders. I'm VP here at Unbothered. And of course, I have my fave Unbothered crew with me. And then we're going to go off for what we're calling our new off the record segment. But first, I just want y'all to sound off. All right, Kathleen, how you doing up in the six? I'm doing good, Chels. Happy to be back. I am in the six, as always. And allow me to reintroduce myself. I am the Deputy Director Global here at Unbothered. I'm feeling good, baby. Let's do this. Maya, how you doing? We got a new location for you. New location, same energy, though. Okay, tell them about it. New location, new title. What's up? Not a coordinator anymore. Associate strategist right here in the building. Definitely still a down south girl, but living in BK now. What's good? Always with the vibes. Okay. And our hot girl in residence in AA, tell them a little about you. Hey, y'all. It's the doll in Day Comanibo. I'm here in the same place, literally the same position (laughs) I was the last time we filmed this because, you know, I believe in consistency. I'm a woman of my word and it's about the principle. So I'm here again. Happy to see y'all. So good. You know, we appreciate a consistent queen. You know. So today we're going to start off our conversation on unpopular opinions, as we do with some of our favorite unpopular opinions, right? Our celebrities, friends, the folks who we listen to or put on mute. And I just want to get us into unpopular opinion season, sharing some of the ones that we love and might feel problematic, but are necessary to share. I'll start. And again, this is not a situation where audience were asking for your thoughts. These are our thoughts. Okay? So just remember that. 
all right? And everyone should have the space to be problematic and feel safe about it, all right? So this is our space and this is what we're going to do. I'm going to start out because I watch this speech and I, I'm going to be honest with you, like ugh, once a week. And it is AI, the Allen Iverson, his practice speech. He was asked at a press conference for people who don't know why he didn't show up to practice. Why aren't you going to practice? And he sits there and he just stares at them and he just goes, practice? Practice? <laughs> practice? We're talking about practice? Practice? Okay? Practice? Not, not even the game. Practice? Let me say it again. Practice? He says it 27 <laughs> times in less than one minute. And I just want to embody that practice mentality. You know what? Chels, I love that speech as well. It is very iconic. But I'm going to call you on this one because... I listen, Iverson did not make any points because what he was talking about was letting down his teammates because you practice so that you can be better as a team and you would never do that. You would never do that. We do a, like a little production meeting before we do our podcast record and Chelsea Sanders would never show up and be like, production meeting, production meeting. We're not talking about the podcast. <laughs> Production meeting. You would never times. do that. <laughs> no, but like, I could dream. <laughs> and one she day, said, she said, you guys she know said, this. Don't I have her. warned you that one day, I, you guys will just never see me again. <laughs> my Slack will be inactive. My email won't, will go to someone else. And that'll be that. And that'll be the day that you know that I decided, fuck practice. <laughs> Kathleen, what's yours? Ooh, what's yours? Okay, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. But every now and then, our good sis Tyra Banks will go viral for a clip from America's Next Top Model and how problematic she could be. And there are things absolutely that I disagree with. There are homophobic, transphobic, horrible, like horrible things that Tyra did during the run of that show that I will not defend. But... I will defend, <laughs> I will defend some of the moments where she was just being messy and entertaining as hell. Because back then we were laughing along with her. We were tuned in every week. And so when Tyra like fainted just as a joke. Uh, Tyra, no. And the Get whole, the pizza. and all the contestants thought that she fainted for real. And Tyra's like, just play it. That's funny. That's entertaining. I will also defend the we were rooting for you speech because Tyra mm -hmm. was right. Tyra was okay. right. And so for the most part, I'm going to defend Tyra Banks and ANTM as a concept. But there oh. are some things that I will not defend. I well, said, hmm. <laughs> <A choice. laughs> it's okay. It's giving. I have two girls in front of were me. Were you not entertained is my question. Were you not entertained? I don't want to be entertained. And thought that I was but, Tyra Banks. <laughs> I also don't want to be entertained at the expense of other black women. So, yeah. Oh, what? I mean, she ba -ba -ba -ba. was she was trifling with the white girls, too. She was. I'm just saying. That's true. Mm. Equal opportunist. I will say <laughs> Equal that. opportunist bully. Really... <laughs> yeah. And A, then if you're not with Tyra, what's some unpopular opinions that you are messing with? Okay. So I don't have a person that I agree with, but I will tell you who I don't agree with. J. Cole, if I catch you, bro, let me say this specifically related to Miguel's Come Through and Chill and flawless song, except for that verse from J. Cole. Imagine you getting comfortable with your boo. Yo, you got the candles, you got the wine and everything. You got your Savage by Fenty. Listen, you set 
and you listen to come through until you're like, hey, this is really, mm, yeah. And then J. Cole comes on talking about Colin Kaepernick and police brutality. Huh? Imagine you just dried up right there because the man wants to talk about systemic racism. Don't piss me off. J. Cole and everybody else who wants to insert critical race theory into a sexy song, don't ever do that again. Don't piss me off. If you think about doing it at the studio, if I catch you, bro, don't do that. We're not talking about racism. We trying to get freaky. We trying to bust down. Don't play with me ever again. Like there is a time and a place to critique racism and to call out white supremacy and it's not sexy time period i don't agree and miguel you know the right person to call when you need a, a freaky verse you could call future you could call me <laughs> i'm gonna drop 16 bars about how good something is don't ever get j cole on a sexy song again thank you oh i don't even know who you are anymore oh. and they i didn't listen <laughs> Baby, last year it was these men ain't crying enough. This year is call me for the sexy song. <laughs> I got something. Listen, I'm, not, okay. I'm not gonna be the contrarian every time, but I'm just gonna say that yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes <laughs> the moment does call for a critique of racism. And even when you try to have sexy times, hey, white supremacy rears its <laughs> ugly head. <laughs> You, we know you're going to be in the up. corner talking about reparations. We know. We know. Do okay. that at the club, not in the bedroom. You're a Is that the bro. foreplay that you do? That's what you do? That's, what, that's not my... Oh, baby. No, I'm not... Abolish the police. <laughs> mm. Oh, my no. God. I hate you. I hate you so much. Yes. Mm. I'm do you just know about saying... Black Lives Matter? <laughs> yes. Mm, the I, March on Washington. I that's so sexy. I hate you both so yeah. much. Exactly. Oh, reparations. I like yeah. that. Mm. You know, oh, liberate yeah. these drawers. Yeah, exactly. That works. Okay, Kathleen, I'm with that. <laughs> we do not kink shame. Go ahead, putting, go ahead, Maya. Yeah. We're not kink shame. words in my mouth that I did not say. You sure? I look. Okay. Uh, but we're gonna let you sit with that, and that'll be fun. And we'll, you know, we'll <laughs> <laughs> be making protest signs in bed. Oh. How about you? Maya, how about you? I know some of the people don't like this man. They. We'll never forgive him, but I don't care. The old Kanye West, I like him. Ooh. I watched his little docu-series and I was like, damn, he was really saying something. Like he was, he was that nigga. Like Kanye knew he was that man before he became that man. And then he became that man and the line between genius and insanity really got blurred. And it became like, uh, you, I, I seen glimpses of it in the docu-series of before he got famous. I was like, oh, I can see Kanye's going to be a problem. I knew it. I just knew by the way he was moving. But before Kanye got to where he is today, he was saying some real stuff. He was believing himself beyond anybody else. He wasn't letting anybody stop him. If you listen to some of the stuff he says, he's very business-minded. He calls out a lot of ignorances in his industry and a company industries. I just think when you have certain influences, no matter how strong your mind is, that can manipulate that power to do and say crazy things. And if he was nourished in a proper environment as an adult, he might be a different man. Mm. That's fair. So you think Kanye was right? When when he said, you got to be very specific now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm just... Hey, the people gonna ask you. I'm just asking. It just, I, th- I think it depends. And like you said, like there's a fine line between genius and insanity and genius mm-hmm. does not excuse your behavior. Oh, not and at I think all. that mm. is what not we, never. we like 
need to be clear that like just because you are a genius and just because you do have vision, that does not excuse you or exclude you from being a part of society. Accountability. And accountability and being responsible for those words that you say. Yeah. And it's also there's no denying the music at one point was hitting. Yeah. Yeah. He was making club jams. And saying some shit, Anae, so there's oh, that. Here we go. <laughs> you want to you wanna start it again? I'm not starting again. I'm <laughs> just saying that. Miss Civil Rights. Get, get you someone who can do both. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Come on, I'm not trying to do But look where that landed him, Kathleen. <laughs> That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm just saying. You can't, like, it was too much in his head at the same time. He couldn't be bopping and thotting and really <laughs> giving us. Yeah, exactly. Preaching and praying. It undid him. Yeah. But I think the unpopular opinion and all this is that all these things can exist in the same time, right? Like when, yeah. when I say like, obviously we're joking and we got jokes for days, but like unpopular opinions, that's the whole point of this, right? That we can all be in a space where we can recognize, okay, I may not like what you're saying, but I appreciate your ability to say it and to exactly. give us some context and to give your perspective because all of these perspectives are valid, right? Even if we don't agree with them, but that is where we live right now. We live in the gray. There's no black and white anymore. There's no binaries. And I think that's something that we just need to dig into. And we will this entire season. So get your unpopular opinions ready, folks, because we digging in. All right. So again, I said it's spring. It's time for unicorns, butterflies, booties popping all out everywhere. You know, my favorite credit card sliding down booty cracks. This is, <laughs> We just need to get into it. But before we do dig into that, I want to do just a little vibe check. You know, how are we really feeling? And by that, I mean, how are we really, really feeling? All right. The off the record thoughts that should be on the record. So I want to ask y'all, okay, from the seeds that you've been planting over this past year, this past season, you know, this is the springtime energy. Have those seeds flourished for you? Perspectives are changing. Did the things that we thought we wanted last year, last month, last week, last minute still hold true? And how have we done with the ones that we have planted thus far? Are they not getting enough water? Do we need an entirely new plant? What does that look like for you? I'll start because, again, this is the energy. I've gone backwards. I have done nothing. The seeds that I planted, they didn't get watered at all. To be honest, y'all, I thought I was going to have so much more energy for this in 2022, but I don't. I miscalculated. The math is not mathing. And some of the things that we've been talking about even on this show with my own personal journey about moving back to L.A., being bi-coastal, being back with my family. It's been amazing. It has been. And I love my family, but it's also been tough. I thought it was going to be a lot easier to sort of plug back in, reconnect and just keep it moving. But it's taken a lot of work and I have made some missteps along the way. Also, free babysitting is a racket. Love my nieces and nephews, but for real, that is a racket. And it's taken a lot more work than I thought to sort of reconnect and be in a place where I'm, I feel good. Um, I think a year ago, I and all of us had specific goals of being able to do that. And I think I just am realizing how much more work needs to go into that and how much of that work I haven't quite done yet. So I'm going to just open this up with that vulnerability <laughs> because if you hear me on this mic and you haven't done anything yet, we're in this together. Solidarity. So yeah, you know, that's how I'm feeling. Kathleen, how are you doing? I mean, I felt all of that, Chelsea. Like we're on the same wavelength as per usual. I've been trying to take more naps. You know what? That's what I'll say I've done in the past two years. I, you know, I think that 
if we're still going with the plant analogy, I have not bloomed, my seeds have not grown. And I think that being okay with that or being like, hey, I'm just in the exact same place has been the recalibration for me over the past two years. And if you were to ask me, two years ago or three years ago, hey, where are you going to be in two, three years? I would have had a completely different answer. It would have been completely different. I would have maybe looked at where I am now. And I think that this is not my current job or position because I'm very happy with that. I'm not saying that because my boss is on this call. Um, (laughs) But no, legitimately, I think it's because- checks in the mail. Yeah, thank you. I just had all of these like side hustle plans, all of these plans about like, oh, I got to do this and I got to be doing this and I got to be doing this, this and this. And I think I've let go of a lot of that. And two, three years ago, me would have been like, oh, you failed. You had all these plans and you didn't do them. And I'm not looking at them as a failure anymore. I think that I'm not trying to kill myself anymore to put myself on this like weird pedestal that I had or to climb this imaginary stepladder that I made for myself. And so I think back then I would have been like, you haven't grown. That's not growth. And now I think that because I'm doing my job to the best of my ability and I'm taking naps and I'm actually resting as much as I can outside of that, to me, that's growth. And I think that it's like in conversation with Kathleen of 2022 and Kathleen of 2020, we have different views and that's okay. Tell me about that that napping life. What's that like? (laughs) Seriously, break me off a piece of that nap energy. (laughs) Okay, Maya. Well, keep us grounded. How you feeling? (laughs) What's up, y'all? So, I'm y'all saying, y'all have to give yourself some love, give yourself some grace because, honey, just because y'all not doing what y'all thought y'all would be doing or what you want to be doing doesn't mean you're not doing nothing. You know, mm. you might still be moving in the forward direction. I feel like sometimes us as Black women, we always put this pressure on ourselves to like go full throttle all the time. Relax yourself. I think that it's not so much that the seeds of your flower didn't blossom. I think the seeds that you just planted produced a different fruit than you thought they would. And then from the things that you've done in in the past, you just learned a little lesson. It might've changed your trajectory of your path a little bit. Cause I think sometimes we also get into situations and we think in our head what the outcome is gonna be. We predicted it. And then when it's not the outcome we want, I'm like, wait a minute, I ain't planting this tree to get no bananas. I wanted apples. Where are my apples at? So getting different results than you thought you were gonna get isn't always necessarily a bad thing. I always think that they're a learning lesson. And so for you, Maya, what does that look like now? If you're like, okay. Oh, baby. Okay, you ready? If you wasn't already on my tick to the talk, you better get on my tick to the talk because it's giving very much soft life, okay? That's all I'm Mm. living right now. I'm doing anything that gives me the slightest bit of stress or anxiety. I'm not doing it. I'm kindly declining or I'm just going to be quiet. Because when I was younger, I feel like maybe since I hopped out the womb, I had to be super extra. My mom was like, you was talking before you was walking. I'm like, yeah, I'm that girl. Hello. I've been doing that. So I've always been trying to be a step ahead. And now I'm just like, okay, you've been given over 100% all of your life. Literally about to be 27 in a couple of weeks. All of your life. I'm tired. I don't have no more. I'm running on good fumes. And the the fumes about to be out. So it's just very much leaning back, taking some time for myself and checking in with myself a little bit more. I feel like when I check in with myself and what I really need and what I really want is true to who I am instead of trying to 
be an editor in chief or trying to be the best at this, the best at that. Just relax, be cute. No, that's fair. And I think like you say this and I think all of us and people listening need to hear this, right? Of like, your race is not someone else's race is not Mm -hmm. someone else's race, right? And I think that is very important just to remember and remind ourselves because you're right. We never give ourselves grace. When do we ever get that runway to give ourselves grace and to sit down and rest or nap or say no, right? So I think those are very important reminders. Now, what that looks like in practice might be very different because I I just want to be honest with that too. You know, it it is. And it's it takes, like you said, checking in with yourself, which I think is the biggest part of that, right? Exactly. Okay, Anae, we're checking in with you. How you feeling? Mine's about her soft life. Me and Kathleen are rolling down a hill and don't know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> where are you, Anae? I mean, I feel like, Chelsea, you're talking about knowing you're driving in your own lane and running your own race. And I feel like I'm on the opposite end of things because this is my time to lean in and actually rev my engine a little bit. Like, I'm... Full force in AA. I always say that my 20s were a time in my life where I was just reactive. Like I didn't feel like I had any agency from 20 to maybe yesterday. I'm 29 now, right? So life just happened to me. I moved to New York because I didn't get into the grad school that I wanted to in LA. I got the apartment that I live in now because it was just the only thing available. Even my interview with Refinery29, when I got the call, I was like, wait, what job is this? Oh yeah, okay, I guess (laughs) I'm gonna take it. You know what I mean? Like it's fate, right? And it's good, but at the same time, when life happens to you, it takes the agency out of it, right? So I'm pretty Mm. type B. Everyone knows I'm very relaxed and laid back, but it's not really by choice. It's because I have to be able to roll with the punches, right? I'm flexible, but it's because I can't control what happens in life. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, anything goes. When you are able to accomplish things and make things happen, you feel like you can take credit for those things. And for me, I'm like, I really don't know how this happened. I'm gonna take it. But at the same time, I wish that I could have been in the driver's seat. You know what I'm saying? So now that I'm 29, this is the last hot girl summer. This is the last baby girl summer of me being like, I'm a youth, you know, whatever. At 30, I'm going to be the baby girl who's like, if I do this, it's because I want to do it. If I go to sleep right now, if I take a nap in the middle of my meeting, it's because I wanted to do that. If I decide to travel tomorrow, it's because I wanted to do that. Even in my personal life, I'm going to let y'all know I got a man now. And that's because I want to have a man. And if I talk about him on the pod, which I will, shout out to my boo. That's because... (laughs) Yes. But even that decision to be a bird, that's because I'm taking that agency. You know what I'm saying? So everything that I do is on my terms. We driving that boat. We speeding that boat. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to stay in the passenger side of your boat. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so I'm actually like, I'm kind of getting emotional here because and I remember also like, <laughs> remember this? I don't remember because as you know, I still can't remember meeting you in the office still to this day. <laughs> but I, I know you were there, but I think like knowing where you were two years ago and where you are now, like I think all of us here have seen that, right? Have seen you like step into that power and step into that like purposefulness, right? Of like, no, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to go out and do it. And I think as yeah. someone who is a little above 30, the only person on this podcast, because Kathleen is 25, as we've established. Um, Correct. I think Thank like, you. Don't fact check that. N- not at all. Never. Somebody about to pull your car. Listen. 
look, don't worry about it. If we can have, you know, people out here having fake vaccine cards. Kathleen can be 25 until she's 100, okay? You're going to jail. But I think that that, like, is something that does also come with getting older, right? And like getting wiser. Because I think something that you just mentioned about that is this idea of claiming things and not being reactive, but proactive. And there is a power in that, but there's also a vulnerability in that, Mm -hmm. right? Because claiming what you want means that you have to be out there means that you have to be out on a limb. You have to say it out loud. You have to say it to some people. Some people are going to hear what you say and clock you saying it and follow up. How's that going? Da-da-da-da-da. And it takes energy and intention to say, I want this out loud and I'm going to go get it because it also leaves room for failure, right? Mm. And I think a lot of us really have come from a place where we didn't say it out loud because then it's not real. Because then if it doesn't happen, that's okay. I didn't really want it. I didn't really want that you know, whatever, it's fine. It passed me by versus saying, no, I really do want this and I'm going to go for it. And if I don't get it, okay. But I went for it. I tried and I'm going to do that on purpose. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you. you can't be disappointed if you don't ask for anything, right? If you are not expecting things, people can't let you down. You're just keeping those things privately. Even when we talk about dreams and aspirations and goals, I literally cannot tell you what my dream is or what my goal is because the last couple of years robbed me of that. Every time I was like, oh, I want this to happen or I want to do this, it just would never happen. And so for me, I had to be like, I'm going to take what life gives me and I'm not going to set myself up for failure. But at the same time, it feels like you're just drifting in life. It's very aimless. What am I working towards? What am I doing this for? What is my purpose? And not to be so like philosophical, but what is the reason that I'm here? And so I'm in this place where I'm setting myself up to be passionate and purposeful about the things that I do in my personal life, in my relationships with other people, in my work life. I'm going to do what I said that I want to do. And I'm setting those boundaries for myself, but also for other people. What I tolerate and what I accept is very clear. And so when I am setting those boundaries, people will know how to move with me. And so they can either come with me or they get left behind because the boat, Kathleen's sitting in the boat with me. We whipping that boat. So if you want to get in the boat, come on, let's go. It's so interesting hearing you talk, Anae, even though I'm so much younger than you. But (laughs) no, but to be real, like I have been naming and calling out my dreams and I felt like I knew what my purpose was like since I was 10 years old. And I went on a path and had all these goals and these dreams and these expectations. And when I met them, they didn't feel like how... I imagined that they would, not all of them. I've had this really great career and I feel really proud of it. But some of those dreams that I set that intention and I went after and I was driving the boat and then things happen that are out of your control. The fuckery of capitalism, of racism, sexism, all the isms. And I think that I'm now in this season of my life where I want to take a step back from setting those goals and those intentions and the word ambition, that used to be like top three word. If you were to ask me, how do you describe yourself? I would have been like Mm. ambitious. And now I'm just, again, like I'm tired of trying to be excellent. Like I don't want to do that anymore because when I did it, where did it get me? Mm. It got me in the hospital for stress. It got me really just like destroying my body over how much I stress to try to achieve some of those things. And so for me, because I ended up like with some of the things that I that I said I wanted, but then I was like a shell of myself. Mm. So 
at least professionally. Professionally, that turned into like really bad things for me personally. And so I think now I'm putting that energy into personal things. And I'm putting that towards other things besides trying to thrive in this capitalistic system that like truly does not care about us. But I th- I just think it's like different mindsets, like different shit works for different people. And for me, I need to take a step back from like saying out loud <laughs> some of those dreams and those goals that I had. I mean, it's really funny because I feel like when you are in a position that's a little bit visible or whatever, people want to know what the secret sauce is. They want to know so they can follow in your footsteps and do whatever. I've had people email me like, hey, can you tell me about your professional journey? And I'm like, girl, I don't know. It's really giving, hey, do you want to do this? Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. So for me, I don't know about the dream and having a dream when you're 10 years old. That's cute. I was just kind of like, hey, I'm here for the vibes, man. I want to I want to <laughs> relax. But at the same time, it's like, everyone's path is so different. And at the same time, people might've been following your path and you're like, girl, don't do that. And it's like, oh, well, I like Kathleen. I want to look up to her. And you're like, look up to me and the fact that I'm pretty and I am rested and I'm having a great time because professionally, girl, you're going to be stressed. Ooh, yeah, that part, like, yeah, I can tell people when people ask me like, how did you get there? What are you? And I'm like, I can tell you Every single step, I can tell you that I went to journalism school. I did all of those things. I did all of these things right. But do I also want you to do that? Do no. I want you to like face this industry in the same way that I had this again, shell of an industry that leaves you as a shell of yourself? No, I don't know. It's it, I struggle with what advice to give people, to be honest, because I don't want them to go through some of the, the same stuff we've had to. Do you give like real insight too? Because I feel like people want the advice, but they, I don't know if they want the insight. Like, these are the things that I've had to do. But do you want to know how racist that company that you claimed to love was? Do you Mm. know I now have scoliosis because I had to walk the green mile for Jesus with a gown on my back? Like, do you really want to know? Wait, sorry. (laughs) You said walk the green mile for Jesus. Where did job she work at? Where you work before this? I was a fashion assistant (laughs) in the summertime. So you know it was Yes. A Mark oh, Jacobs terrible. gown on my back, walking to Mark <laughs> Jacobs to return the dress for the shoot. Literally, you, yeah. Do you like, really want this? You want this? <laughs> and when that underboob <laughs> sweat starts going, and that like swamp booty goes, you're and you're on you're on forty fifth, and you still got to get to sixty six, girl, yeah. baby. You know, I'm like, because one thing about it is fields, like we mean green mile. <laughs> But that that's true, though, Maya. And it's a good point of like, OK, if you want to know, I'll tell you. You may not like the answer, though. Right. And I think there is a difference, right, in the how it started, how it's going conversations and the yeah. we need to work more or work less. Like the secret is that nobody knows. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody has the answer and no one has the right way for you individually. But I think something in that is that the answer is that you're never going to know, like point blank period. You're never going to feel like you have all those answers. And that discomfort is where most of us live, even if, again, it looks outwardly like we're successful or we are, again, in these very privileged positions to be even having this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Those things can be true at the same time as us not understanding where we are, having anxiety about what it's taken to get us here. Because I don't know, I think about this a lot too, because- People do the same to me and they're like, how did you get here? How did you do this? And I'm like, oh, like you said, Kathleen, like, I'll tell you, but I'm really not (laughs) suggesting this at all. Like there is that Harry Belafonte quote, which was in one of our recent pieces that like, I can't help but feel like we're leading our people into a burning house. And 
not to go there, but we got to go there. I don't know if I want this for others because I don't even know if I want it for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That energy that you're putting into propping up these systems, whatever they may be, whether it's like just all the isms. Right. Can the people who are asking me like, actually, I'd love you to put your energy into creating a new system so we can all be free. Those are the kinds of things that I would love to talk to you about. And I think that's a hard place to be in. But it also, again, is a situation that feels like you have to tell people about it. Like you have to, and you have to be honest, right? And I think, Maya, that part of your question, right? Of Like, how do you be honest with people about that and still encourage them to do and go for what they want? For me, I'm going to always be honest with you. But I'm going to ask you first if you would like that honesty, because if you want to live in your own ignorance, I'm going to allow you to do so, because I've tried to help people before and they just couldn't mentally get out of a headspace that they were in. I'm like, in order to be where you want to be and go where you want to go, you're going to have to get out that space. I feel like a very big unpopular opinion is changing at a later age. I'm about to turn 27. Is some of y'all out here 40 and up? 50 and up thinking that just because you're older you don't need to change baby girl i'm here to tell you push the brakes on that you sound ridiculous Mm. you sound crazy i don't understand why at 40 or 50 years old you think that's how you want to be for the rest of your life can we gather yourselves because i'm just really not feeling it the woman that i thought i wanted to be at 18 years old and 20 years old is not the same woman i want to be now at almost 27. That just makes literally no sense for me to want to still be that same person and have gone through everything I've gone through. You know, I feel like in our community, a lot of times we go for things that are status-based or hierarchical-based and I'm the this of this. It has a very big title and it sounds super fancy and it's just like, okay, yeah, that's cute. You are miserable, aren't you? You hate life, don't you? Yeah. Talk to you him. cry every day in the pillow, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I Why had to be say so to myself, because that's how I am. I'm loud. <laughs> so, you know, B, I had to realize, yo, pump your brakes. You giving over 100% to, you know, this one avenue of life. And you think by just adding more to it, no matter how much is slapping you in your face and telling you no, you're still giving because you feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. I always felt like if I'm not struggling or I didn't have to go through hardship to get where I needed to be, then I didn't earn it. And now I'm feeling like, well, you know what? That's not true. I feel like now I can divvy it up. So it's 70% here, 20% here, 10% here, and we're all good. So I'm I'm gonna done with these career goals. It's very much life goals. Life goal is happiness. Period. Okay. Okay. So happiness though. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I think as we said, happiness like career goals, life goals look different for every single person, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that we do need to talk about because I think everyone's like, I want to be happy. Pretty hard stuff. What is your aspiration in life? Mm-hmm. Hmm. To be happy. How many more quotes am I going to just drop here un- unnecessarily, <laughs> just like actively, interactively? Yes. And <laughs> I think about that a lot for a lot of reasons because I'm like, okay, but what is happy actually look like for me, right? Maya, like you said, Mm -hmm. it looks different than it was when we were 18, when we were 22, when we were 25 like Kathleen, when we're 29 like Anae, when we're bleep like me. I think like those things change, right? But also Mm -hmm. my idea of happiness was a state of mind versus a practice. And I think 
that's what I'm learning is that happiness is actually more of a practice than a state of mind. Because I was, I'm always like, I got to be challenged to be happy. I got to be doing something. You know, I got to be climbing. I got to struggle with something in order to make it feel like I've earned this happiness. Versus, hey, it's cool that I reached a goal. Great. But how do I feel? How does that make me feel? Do I want to keep doing that? Do I want to keep being challenged in order to feel like I have to be happy? That doesn't make sense, right? So yeah. I'm really trying to, and I'm asking y'all because clearly I don't know, what <laughs> does being happy look like? And what does, is that a goal that we want all to be happy? Is that something that we're actually like kind of setting ourselves up for failure? Because again, happiness is not one thing and it's not something you're going to be every single day. Yeah, I don't, Let's be real. I, I also don't think there's one way to be happy. I feel like there's a mm-hmm. multitude of ways to be happy and it differs depending on who it is. So I'll try something thinking it'll make me happy and it didn't work. Okay, that's fine. At least I tried and I figured out that didn't make me happy. It's a consistent trial and error and it's consistent checking in with yourself. So it's like a science experiment. So my hypothesis is me working 80 hours a week is going to get me to be VP at Unbothered, and that's going to make me happy. You start working 80 hours a week. I don't like it. I hate it. It's not for me. Tried it. If that's what it takes to be a VP, maybe I don't actually want to be a VP. So you start looking at what part of being a VP sparked your interest. I want to have a team. I have an idea. I want to be able to implement that idea through my team. Great. Maybe you didn't want to be a VP. You actually want to be an entrepreneur. Go be an entrepreneur. It's just a trial and error of saying, you know what? I thought that would make me happy. It didn't really work. I'm going to try something else. And people have to be okay with failing. That's what really life for me is about. I have to start being okay with failing. Somebody who was A, B on a roll, straight A, busting it down. Failure was very hard for me. Relax a little bit. I take life too seriously. I need to calm down. I'm only 27. I'm not 47. I don't know why I'm so strung up. Relax yourself. Yeah, I mean, Maya, you are very wise for 27 because you're just dropping gems over there. But I think we are setting ourselves up for failure when we equate happiness to professional milestones. Yeah. And I think that that definition of happiness, because I did it, I've been there, and I think that my definition of it was very warped. It was, I'm going to work however many hours a week and I'm going to get that title and then I'll be happy. And mm-hmm. once you put like a, a caveat on once I get this, then I'll be this, specifically when it comes to happiness, I think we're, you're inevitably going to fail because I don't think that's how happiness works or how it should mm-hmm. work. And like Chell said, it's not something that's going to happen every single day. We're human beings. We're going to have bad days. We're going to have good days. And I think that happiness is a really beautiful goal, but I still don't really know what that what, is for you. What, how to achieve that specific goal and like more days than not. <laughs> I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm. I feel like I need to shift some things around in my insides and figure that out because I don't know. But it is about shifting some of what we thought happiness should be. And for me, it's about divesting that from work. Good. And yeah. how does that make you feel? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me feel, uh, I'm sweating a bit. I don't know. I, cause I haven't okay. done it yet. I haven't done it yet. Okay. Yeah. I want to know the update. 
<laughs> well, thank y'all. This is such a full conversation. Whether you're feeling your best and ready to go like an AA, fully bloomed like Maya, or like Kathleen and I still just trying to figure out what we need to water and what we need to give up, that's cool. Have grace with yourself. Give yourself time, energy. Touch some grass today, y'all, if you haven't. <laughs> and remember that it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And you got a lot of people on your team with you. And that means we've also reached my favorite part of this conversation. They don't at me. And just in case you need a reminder to brush us off here, this is the part of the conversation, you know, where we tie a big bow on what we've talked about. We give you all some food for thought and just some luxurious energy to move about your day with. All right. And in case the title wasn't clear, you can't add us. Okay. Nothing. Nunca. Non. Nine. No. Heart emoji. And I really, really mean that, okay? Do not at me. I feel like y'all forgot. Don't at us. Don't. No, I see you with your phone. Don't at us, okay? So to kick us off this season, I'm going to give it to my girl out here who's ready to be reparating and (laughs) making it rain at the same time. So go on ahead, Kathleen, and hit us with that don't at me. Okay. Here's an unpopular opinion for you. Growth can be whatever you want it to be. Your blooming flower may look like a wilted leaf to someone else, but as long as you're glowing from the inside out, that looks like a beautiful bouquet to me. Have we beat this flower metaphor to death? Yes. Will I keep going with it? Also, yes. We have to give ourselves time for our realignment to take root. Seeds have been planted in these past two years, whether we wanted them to be or not. Some of them, like the importance of rest and uprisings, I hope have fertilized enough to continue to grow forever. And some of them, like divisiveness, not believing in science, and a lack of reading comprehension, those can stay in the dirt. It's been time to normalize nuance. Take, for example, my plant babies. I have two plants. Their names are Brandy and Monica, naturally. And Monica, well, she is a temperamental bitch. If she doesn't get the perfect amount of sun or water, she'll shrivel up all dramatic and shit. But as soon as she gets it, she's back upright, thriving. Brandy, on the other hand, will persevere. She's standing tall even through the longest drought. She's strong. And I know what you're thinking. The moral is to be more like Brandy. It's not. They're both right. We've all had to persevere through this damn pandemic, but we also deserve to demand what we want and say, nope, I'm out if we don't get it. We also deserve that soft life, as Maya said. The boy isn't mine or yours. The boy is a mindset. (laughs) Have I beat this Brandy and Monica metaphor to death? Yes. Will I keep going with it? Also, yes. Listen, I'm sorry that you seem to be confused but my life belongs to me and this season is mine my most unpopular opinion is that it's okay to be selfish bloom wilt glow up chill out get some rest be a go-getter take a nap work harder do you contradictions aren't inconvenient they are common they're human embrace them happy spring fam and don't at me Hey, hold on. <laughs> hold on. You was kind of preaching. Hold on. Yeah. You said the boy is a <laughs> This season, we've been reminding you what it means to be that girl. And you know we're not about to stop now. So whether you're in class, the boardroom, or working remotely beachside, I see you, girl. Target has everything you'll need for a summer full of Black Girl Joy. 
To learn more about how Target is investing in our community, head over to Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure. Okay, on this show today, we have a phenomenal guest, Emmy-nominated actress, activist, trailblazer, and beyond. And it is spring, so you know, as we do here at Go Off Sis, we are giving the freshest of bouquets, and we mean a whole botanical gardens with this one, all right? You have seen her as Candy in FX's Pose, as the psychologist in American Horror Story. You've seen her on her Emmy-nominated web series, Her Story, guest appearances on everything from Doubt to Claws to Transparent. The list goes on, okay? And recently, you've seen her in the film Framing Agnes, and has her own podcast, too, okay? We are doing multi-hyphenate work here. All right. She's a also because I'm not done yet. That's just on screen. All right. Behind the scenes, she is a self-taught computer programmer and the president Mm -hmm. of Miss Ross Inc. All right. And the founder of Trans Tech Social Enterprises, a program that helps people lift themselves out of poverty through technical training, work creativity and bringing more social impact and empowerment to these marginalized communities. Please, please help me welcome the beautiful, talented and inimitable Angelica Ross to go off Yes, amen. I want to give all glory and honor to God today. uh, No, but but just in the sense of really starting it off, because listen, I just want to start off by saying, like, I feel great and I feel blessed to be here, and I owe it all to whatever you want to call it. If you want to call it God, the universe, all the other names and things, practices people go by, but I do truly believe that it all leads back to the same source and that that source is just trying to speak to us all in the language that we understand. So I am just happy to be here and blessed to be surrounded right by beautiful, brilliant black women today. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Just a little so sad. excited to have you. You are already dropping gems, Angelica, because that's what we're talking about today, right? Like that energy, the power that we all get with being with each other, but also the opportunity to be vulnerable with each other, right? And to open up and have these conversations in safe spaces like these. So I want to start off again, as I said, it is spring a little earlier. We talked about planting seeds, right? And seeing the fruit grow from those seeds. And so I wanted to start off and ask you, okay, how are you feeling with that? How are those seeds that you've been planting over the past year or two or over this past winter? How are we checking in on that growth this spring for you? How is that going? Wow. Well, let me just tell you, the past few months, and years, I will say, have been a really difficult time for most people. I will say for myself, it has been a really painful time. Mm. And the type of pain I'm talking about is growing pains. Because (laughs) listen, I got new growth coming in on my, through my (laughs) braids. I got, let me tell you, the growth is happening so much and so fast. I mean, I feel like I just looked back yesterday and I was shaving all my hair off of my head and now like my hair is just like thick and curly again and just all of this sort of change and it's really reflective for me of not being tied to the way things were Mm -hmm. the way I thought things were going to be or going to unfold because everything that I now enjoy and have access to feels like It almost feels like a delayed experience that in some ways I look at, it seems like it was delayed because of my need of survival as a black trans woman. Mm -hmm. I couldn't focus on 
playing the piano and the guitar and making music and acting and doing all this stuff when I'm just trying to survive. Yeah. And coming through a world where today and definitely 10, 15 years ago, I'm on the side of being quote unquote illegal or according Mm -hmm. to the government fraudulent if they catch the F that I got on my driver's license. You know, I didn't go through all the different things that people went through that they have today as paths to changing their gender markers. We went the old way, which was girl, pull yourself together as much as possible. Go to the DMV, leave it blank and let them check the box. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, they checked the box. But I grew up in the church and I grew up playing piano by ear in the fourth grade singing in a gospel recording group and traveling the state fairs and when I was 16, like writing songs and being in the recording studio, all this kind of stuff. And there's so much work that goes into the craft of being a creative. I did musical theater for 11 years before I even graduated high school. So there were so many seeds that I had planted and I didn't see the flourishing. I didn't see the flowering. I didn't see... And I was starting to lose a little bit of hope, I guess, or a little bit, not even just hope, but just like I was starting to almost get ready to accept. Okay, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. Like the world ain't ready for a trans actress. The world's not ready for a trans musician. Just these things, these thoughts. And then to be where I am right now, where I'm, you know, sitting and talking to you all really from my home recording studio. Like I got my microphone, my piano, my, all these things. And I got two music videos dropping in this month. Like well, one one video dropping at the end of the month for my single, uh, Only You. And then I have a music video dropping next month for Fierce. And Fierce is like a single that we, a dance single we've had out for a little bit that people could listen to, but we haven't like fully released the whole situation. So that music video is coming out. My own solo music video is coming out. But also I've been working with and collaborating with all kinds of musicians where I'm being affirmed in a way that initially felt, I just had some feelings around because it just was so delayed. I'm now 41 and I'm starting my music career kind of, you know what I mean? Like at 41, but you know, Tina Turner led a great way in showing that many miraculous, amazing things can happen when you are a brilliant, strong, talented black woman. So I am so blessed to be standing here to watch now the growth happen from many seeds that I've planted over many years and sometimes now decades that all of a sudden now I'm doing performances I never thought. I'm Last year I hosted the New York Pride on ABC7 News and In Vogue was like one of the live performers at Pride that year. This year I'm coming back to host and I'm the live performer mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. So like just from that to some things I can't talk about that are gonna be coming out. I am taking back everything. The devil stole so from me. What I mean, what I mean hey, listen, when hey. I talk about them devils, I'm talking about the Republicans. Oh. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking about the hoteps. I'm talking uh-huh. about the holier than thou's. The devil's walking around amongst us. I'm taking back everything. Come on. The devil stole Ooh. from me. Growth. Ooh. Wow. You just gonna sit there and give us an entire sermon, <laughs> oh, just like right out the gate. Let me go okay. get my organ. Okay. My organ next door. I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 okay. don't don't. 
Yes, you hallelujah. know, because also just first of all, 41 wear. All right. I'm yeah. looking at you right now. Your skin is giving 14. So I just want to give you that. OK, Thank right you now, so much. just to Thank be clear. You. And our time starts whenever we say it starts. Right. Yes. And I think that is so powerful. And it also, again, we were talking about being like reactive versus proactive. Right. And rather than just letting things come at you or come to you rather like naming them and claiming them. Right. I was and a literally lot of that, talking about that this morning on my Instagram live. Uh, like I just out of nowhere, just started talking about the difference between like responding and reacting. And just to give you that quick gem really quick is this brilliant black woman who is a Buddhist taught me a definition of responsibility as the ability to respond. And so we have to get conditioned and work better at the ways we are responding to the people and the challenges in our life and not always reacting to everything that's going on around you, reacting, reacting, just reacting out of impulse, but being prepared, being ready, being responsible, being able to respond. Ooh, I'm going to sit with that one. Yeah. Wow. Because I think that it's one of those things where I, I, I wish I had some of that energy, right? But sometimes you're going to get that reaction. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to like, depends yep. on where you catch me. What time Absolutely. is it? Have I eaten today? Have I had <laughs> my water? You know, like you might catch me in a minute. And I think that is something that like discernment between the two, right, is where that contentment lies. Because mm-hmm. again, as someone who is in the public eye, you're always going to have people saying something to you. But your agency is whether you say something back and what that looks like. And that is where you reclaim that that power, right? You re- reclaim that responsibility and you put it in your own voice. Absolutely. It's hard though. It's hard. It yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very hard, but that's why I think that it will serve us better as people and as a society going forward when we think of religion, but also just of daily life as just as practice. It's a religious practice, spiritual practice, life practice every day. You know, we don't get stuff right the first time. We don't learn things right the first time or whatever, but it's it's practice. And I'm telling you now, like I'm really practiced at responding. Mm. I can take a breath and allow that, like Eckhart Tolle speaks about it in Silent Speaks and a lot of things, but you can't hear God speaking if you're always talking. Just give it some space. And allow yourself the ability to breathe, like the breath. We walk around not hardly breathing all the time. And that's what's got some of us all tensed up in the way we react and respond because we ain't really breathing and letting the life circulate through us. Take a breath and respond. And sometimes what that breath looks like is a couple days of a news cycle. So no, I'm not going to respond right away just because somebody says something stupid in the media and you want to hear what Angelica Ross has to say about it. I'm not responding to everything. I'm not reacting to everything, but I am going to be responsible and be able to respond when it's time to respond, you know, and make my, my response hit, make it slap. Yeah, I love that you have that sense of responsibility and understanding that your platform gives you such an importance in so many communities. People want to hear what Angelica Ross has to say about XYZ because you are so important to everyone. We want to know what the doll is thinking because she's going to have something smart to say. And I feel like it's really interesting because 
when people are asking you for your opinion and for your thoughts about things, you might not be ready to form the opinion or the question or the inquiry might be kind of triggering or traumatic. Like, hey, do you have a thought on this trans issue or this or whatever? And you as a person, like, I don't even, I wasn't even checking for that. Do you feel like there's ever been a time where your platform and your fame and celebrity has forced you into a place of like thinking about something or working through something that you hadn't yet decided to step into? Yeah, just recently, last October, I had went on vacation to Costa Rica and plan to enjoy my black ass time in Costa Rica and just know that I had put so much work in. This is October. So I had done so much work that year, February, Black History Month, on all the corporations doing what they do. And, you know, I'm booked to talk about all the things. Black History Month. Next month is Women's History Month. Well, I got that one too. And mm-hmm. then, you know, back to back and then Black Lives Matter. Now that's all the things that are going on with that. And then Pride Month and all these things going down. I had raised a lot of money for my nonprofit. I'd done a lot of great work and advocacy work on top of my actual work that I get paid for, you know, my jobs and stuff. So I was like, let me go relax. Can't relax because my homegirl's calling me. Ashley Marie Preston's calling me and she's like, Angelica. We got to support the employees over at Netflix around this Netflix walkout Mm. and, you know, the Dave Chappelle situation. And I was like, listen, I don't even know the situation because I refused. Yeah. I said, fool me once. (laughs) Shame on me. (laughs) Fool me twice, bitch. What the? (laughs) (laughs) Like, so when it came to like. I didn't need nobody explaining to me, oh, this time, watch this, Dave Chappelle. What, I didn't need it. I wasn't even going to watch it. Wasn't even going to give it no attention. But I have my fan base, my following, as well as like the people I follow and kind of have relationships with is intersectional. Yeah. And so there are people within my circle that are sharing Dave Chappelle's special and talking about how brilliant he is and... All these different things. And so I'm seeing the clips not on purpose. Yeah, I wasn't even checking for it. I'm not even trying to check for it. And unfortunately, I fell into the clamoring of people talking about, you can't have nothing to say about it if you ain't watched it. Like, have you even seen it? Do you even know what he's talking about? So I hit play on the video and I watched it. And I'm going to tell you right now, Me, Angelica Ross, I'm known in these streets to be a strong person. It is, it takes a lot to get at me. It takes a lot. And when Dave Chappelle was specifically, you know, the part that got me was him making his jokes about trans women's bodies, comparing our bodies to an impossible burger, saying, you know, that's not blood that's beet juice you know that's not me it's not you know this whole thing and ha 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 and first of all it just really gets at me how people don't always people always fall for this okie doke of how men in particular employ things that pin women against each other yeah and now here's another moment where you're talking about an impossible burger versus quote unquote the real thing So am I more healthy, Joyce? 
I mean, what is it that you're, what, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that to say that's the reality. What, what I'm saying is, I mean, to each his own, but you want to sit here and try to pin us like what's real, what's not, what's this, what's that. And for a moment, it kind of hit me because in 2018, I underwent the gender confirmation surgery. I went to Thailand and I had my full surgery and it was the most life-changing experience that I've had. And Sure, as a trans person, I've gone through these moments of feeling insecure and not feeling real enough and, you know, just being transparent. If you actually have relationships with people, we would tell you what it's really like, but it's like folks want to constantly invalidate our right to even exist, to even identify as who we are. And I remember like actually being... To be honest, I was kind of inconsolable for a little bit. And I was dating folks and I stopped having sex. Didn't want anybody to touch me because I couldn't get past this feeling that my body was inadequate, that it would always remain inadequate. And it wasn't until I was working on a short film project and I was going to work and again, coming out of a space of being somewhat inconsolable, like I work and I go do the job, but there was a moment before we filmed and I kind of broke down crying again. And I didn't mean to in front of the people that I was working with. And cause I was just trying to explain, talked about the situation and I was just like breaking down in tears again. And I just remember she said to me, Rachel, this uh, white actress, she's a funny comedic actress. Um, I can't think of her last name, but she's very famous. She's done a lot of stuff. And she was just like, she was like, well, let me tell you something. She was like, you know, those impossible burgers. She was like, first of all, that's stupid that he would even say anything like that. But she was like, secondly, you know, okay, so that's not real meat or whatever the case is. She was like, but you know what? You, she was like, you are made out of flesh and blood. You have put your skin in the game and have gone through God knows what for you, for yourself to be able to create that space and that place for yourself. And so that soft space, whatever that is for you, is yours to claim and yours to decide who you share that intimacy with, who you share your internal warmth with and it took me a minute to get to that space and now I'm at a much better place but like I didn't want to be in it I didn't want to speak I wanted to turn it off I wanted to turn it down Mm. so the reality is Dave Chappelle if you don't got the relationship with these communities you're trying to joke about leave it alone sweetie Mm. you don't got the range you don't even have the range to have a conversation about it because so many times these comedians want to use their spotlight as a way to be they want to play both sides of the coins. They're like, these are just jokes. Hmm. And then also they jokes are like observatory social commentary that people want to applaud at like they didn't say something profound, but they just jokes when they wrong. So I'm just saying a lot of folks ain't really allies like that. And I'm not going to call out nobody specifically, but all I'm saying is when that stuff was coming down the pipeline and I reached over to my allies to be like, yo, and folks were still at the concert, Dave Chappelle concert. They were still doing all this stuff and all the blah, 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 whatever. Cool. Cool. Noted. Like people, mm-hmm. people allow so much grace to certain folks and no grace to black women and black, queer and trans people. Mm. Every point, every Ooh. point made. 
Yeah, all the points. And it's, I think one of the most frustrating things was exactly what you said, where people were saying, oh, it's just jokes. It's just jokes. But we, I mean, thank you for just sharing, but you shared how emotional it can be. And also we know the power, not just of representation, but we know the power of words and the power of pop culture and how much that either gives people permission to not treat trans people as human beings or to give them more grace. And so this is kind of a clumsy transition, but I'm going to get into Pose because to me, Pose, when it was great, was the exact opposite of that. It was able to to show the humanity and the existence of trans folks in a way that we had not seen before. And it's the exact antithesis to what Dave Chappelle was doing in that special, which is so, so frustrating. But with the key to that, that the key to that observation you just made was the fact that was undeniable that when you're watching Pose and Anita Baker comes on, or Whitney Houston, or Tina Marie, or just all of the songs that were playing in our households. On Sundays when we're cleaning the house, our mom's playing Anita Baker and doing the different things or whatever, regardless of if you were gay, straight, lesbian, or what have you. And what black, queer, and trans people are really saying now, and especially through Pose being in that thing, is that we're tired, beyond tired. Mm. We are tired of cis, heteronormative, black folk claiming our culture Mm. to be exclusively a straight, misogynistic, patriarchal space. I grew up listening to the same songs, too. I grew up navigating the same street corners you did, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm black, too, too. Mm-hmm. every day in my experience. So me going into what y'all think is white culture, LGBTQ, blah, 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 whatever. I'm still dealing with these racist ass people like Caitlin. I mean, well, listen, I'm still dealing with people with anti-blackness and got listen, pro- you heard me. Say listen, it. we're failing each other. We're failing each other. Like Asada Shakur says, we must love and protect each other. And so many times us as black women, we're left to protect each other because so many men are not interested in protecting black women and we have to protect ourselves. But unfortunately, sometimes I'm running into situations with black cis women who are aligning with the patriarchy, who are aligning with spiritual and religious oppression dynamics because they themselves are not experiencing freedom in their own practices. So it is something that we have got to get over this hill together to recognize that being black, I keep saying this like I all repeat, being black and being LGBTQ are not mutually exclusive. We come in so many different flavors, shapes and sizes, and we need to take inventory wherever we, black, there is no place where blackness does not exist. And therefore we could topple this whole ship over. We could topple this whole thing over if we came together. Yeah. Okay. And, and as we're sort of also just like talking about sort of what what needs to happen, right? What can happen, what should happen 
with our communities and how we need to reach across and understand all these identities sit on the same spectrum and can exist at the same time, then I'm tired. I'm tired. So all of this work is is so important, but I also want to leave space to be tired, to sit down, to rest, to nap, which is something that we're saying. It's a novel concept, right? So what does that look like when you do set that down? When you are just being, or when you do just say, I am actually stepping out of this. I'm not a part of this. I need to protect my peace. What are those things that you do to be able to do that, to set those boundaries, to be able to say, I'm not engaging in this, or I've done my work for today, now it is time for Angelica, right? Like, what does that look like? I know, you know, you do some roller skating, you're out here in the world. What are those things that bring you peace, that make you smile, and maybe can help us too, because you've got some centered energy, and I want to hear about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean... Again, I have to give so much credit to my spiritual practice. Um, I would honestly be so worse for the wear of this life if I did not have my spiritual practice. And one thing that I've learned from, I'll throw out a couple of gems. Dr. Wayne Dyer has a book called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. But all that is, is a Cliff Notes almost version of the Tao Te Ching and taking like these 50 odd verses of the Tao Te Ching, a very ancient Taoist Chinese text that is very spiritually powerful. And you can just listen to them. They're very short. They're on audible and all the different things. But one of the things, one of the verses he read was something to the fact of stating that the wind doesn't always blow hard or the gust of winds don't always blow hard. There's a rest period or what have you. And again, I'm totally watching the lyricalness of the phrasing, but just understanding you don't go hard all the time. It ain't always time to go hard. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's about being still. And so for me, I feel like I've learned about a certain thing around conditioning and calibration. And I'll break that down just to say that When you first start out with things, when people say, oh, it it gets better. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, Not necessarily. What I do know is you can get stronger and things don't affect you the same way. And so I'm conditioning myself because I know that lay latent within my body are solutions for our culture, for myself. Like the world is waiting on me. It's waiting on Zaya Wade. It's waiting on so many people to activate. But in order to do so, you have to understand the timing of that. Time and capacity is another Buddhist sort of thing. And like, when's the right time? When's the right time to do something, to say something, to what have you? And capacity. So the right time to do something or say something is always now. It's an acronym, no opportunity wasted. What you have to recognize is the capacity of both yourself and the moment. Does the situation even have the capacity before what I have to offer right now? Or do I need to be still until the capacity of the people changes? Wow. 
Everybody's not ready to hear what I'm delivering all the time. And I've had to recognize that. And so I've had to build in smaller circles with people who do have the capacity. Come on. So it's never a one size fits all. It's a day to day. It's a moment to moment. So every moment I'm prepared to go on vacation. I know that's right. At the drop of a dime. Warm up the hot tub out back. <laughs> Vacation time. Is this the vibe at TransTech? Is this what TransTech is giving? Because if that's the case, can I get a just a look, yeah. baby? baby. Yeah, it's, it's so, spiritual. So let's the vibe at TransTech. So thank you for bringing that up. The vibe at TransTech is this: I started TransTech, 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 with the idea about having transition at mm-hmm. the intersection of technology and centering those who are the most marginalized in the transition process, which I believe are black and brown trans people, trans folks who are immigrants and things like that. But I'm talking transition. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about folks who are coming out of incarceration, out of a messed up system that all of a sudden walk out into a world they didn't know when they first walked in. That is now more computer savvy. I'm talking about women who have finally walking up and said, you know what? Actually, you're not going to talk to me that way. I mean, I'm not right. going to just sit here and raise these kids and be talked to any kind of way. I'm going to go ahead and make my money. I'm going to go ahead and start my own business. I'm going to go ahead and do something for me and for us. It's about making those moments when you wake up and say something needs to change, making you see that it's more possible with technology. Because there's sometimes moments where people wake up and they're like, this whole time, I've always been a songbird. Hello. Hello. So what this is about is taking the elitism out of technology. When we're just talking about coding or some high level Thing. When we talk about tech, there are so many different perspectives that you can have in the tech industry that serve a company, a collective, or your own individual dreams and goals. No excuses. It's mm-hmm. going to take time. It's going to take effort. And the stuff ain't going to be easy. But listen, be about that ramen noodle life. Some days chicken, some days feathers. And be okay with that. No, that's right. And this sounds like a real passion project. Do you have any new projects you're working on now or anything in general that's up next for you? My book is coming out. Okay. <laughs> my book Big is Arthur coming out. Energy. It's kind of like an interesting reverse deal that I have. So my book deal is actually through Audible. So it's starting off as an Audible experience, but you know, like it's a pretty in-depth experience. It's more than 20,000 words. So I was like telling the folks, I was like, listen, I mean, I'm not going to be saying this off jump, off rip off the top of my head. Yep. I'm so excited for you for this summer, for this moment, for this energy. And thank you so much also for just sharing so much of yourself and coming to this conversation so openly, so honestly, and with such intention, because that takes energy. Thank you so much, Angelica, for joining us we asked, you answered. We said, you go off and you said, I hold my beer. I went off, I went off. <laughs> you went all the way off and I am, I'm going to be thinking about this for a while. And I know our audience is too. So thank you again for bringing so much of yourself and, and making sure we all heard you and see you because we do. And so thank you. The Go Off This Podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Rashad Isaac, Crystal Devone, Jordan Mason, and me, Chelsea Sanders. It's edited by Hanger Studios. My co-hosts today were Kathleen Newman-Bermang, Maya Carmichael, and Inaye Komanivo. 
Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started, on Instagram, at R29Unbothered. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis. Money world.